0: to another episode of hey alexa today i'm talking to jason clausen who is a therapist and a co-owner of giving sunshine and we're going to talk all about his journey um how he created this business and just things he's gone through and where he is today hey jason how are you
1: good morning happy to be here thanks for having me
0: yeah i'm happy to have you i love just talking to people and getting other people's stories um we all have one we've all gone through Different times, and it's important to get it all out
1: there. Absolutely. Yeah, I think telling your story also helps yourself. It also helps other people.
0: Exactly, because yeah. there's always someone going through something similar, maybe not the same thing, but similar.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And sometimes it just helps for people to not feel alone.
1: 100%.
0: So, one of the things uh, I want to talk about is how you came to be the co owner of Giving Sunshine.
1: Oh, that's, that's a great story <laughs> because it really has kind of accepted my uh, what God has <laughs> given my trial and turned it into something that has been able to help people. So wh- what I, with my story is I always start four years ago, me and my wife and my family, we felt like we were living a really good, happy life and uh, things in our life were going extremely well. <laughs> we were building a, a beautiful home. We were, I was a clinical director at a recovery program. The kids were thriving in sports, and
0: that's awesome.
1: We, we just felt like life was going really good, and this is the life that we dreamt, and then about a month later, my wife came to me and said, hey, Jason, I have a lump in my stomach, and I don't know what it is, so Obviously, we don't want to freak out, but um, we left, we, we watched it for a week, and the lump had grown, so that's where we got concerned, and we were like, okay, let's figure this out, we're going to get through this, we can do this, we can do hard things, and then through a series of tests and um, uh, blood work, um, we, we could never find what was going on until we found ourselves up at the hospital doing exploratory surgery with my wife and um, that's where she did a partial hysterectomy and, and the doctor opened her up and that's where life began to change because mm-hmm. when we were waiting in the waiting room with my wife's parents, my her best friend growing up and my sister, the doctor looked at me and said, Jason, I'm so sorry. Your wife has stage four colon cancer. Wow. So, so you can imagine Alexa, like going from our life was so good (laughs) to life altering news. And what do you do when you just are given this, the hardest news of your life? Yeah. And so, so my brain just like, uh, like hundred miles an hour. It's like, how, how are we going to, ha- how long does she have? Like, what can right. we do? How are we going to pay for this? Um, what about my boys? Like, how am I going to tell my kids just like a million miles an hour and just going, right. What, what, what's going on our life? We were supposed to have has just, just change on an instant. When someone says your wife has stage four colon cancer,
0: because you can't come back from that. That's a pretty much a death sentence.
1: Yeah. That really, it's, it's life altering. And um, you have to embrace it, (laughs) accept it and do the best you can. And um, because if you fight against it, then it just makes things really miserable and really hard. So I I remember. um, So the doctor came back when my wife was recovering, and she opened her eyes and the doctors there and the whole family's there. And the doctor um, told my wife she has stage four colon cancer, and obviously tears started to pour out, and we we cried again, and and I remember my brain just couldn't shut off, and I was just like, "Gosh, there's got to be something that we can do." I, I saw the doctor leave, and I was like, "I'm I'm going after that doctor," <laughs> so I ran I ran down the hallway, and I said, "Doctor, doctor, what?" Like, how long does she have? Like, what can we do? Like, I just started going so many questions because right. my life got changed and I just couldn't settle down. And the doctor looked at me and, and said, Jason, you'll get through this. <laughs> and then and then the phrase that for has forever altered my life. Um, at the time, I didn't want to hear this phrase, mm-hmm. but today it has changed my life. My family's life and what I'm doing today, she said. Jason, cancer has a way of enhancing your life, <laughs> and and in my heart, <laughs> in my heart, I'm saying, I I don't want my life to be enhanced. Like my life was going great. Yeah. Like, I, I I don't have time for this. This happens to people that have lived a long life, and then they get this diagnosis. Not to people that were trying to do good in the community, helping people in recovery. We were just people that were just um, doing great things. Yeah. How could this happen to us? <laughs> it's
0: crazy. And like, it's like you were having, she was having the surgery to maybe see what was going on, but you probably never expected those words.
1: Yeah, we. I mean, there was hints when we were doing some testing but we never put like stage four colon cancer into our brain that was going to forever alter and change the way that we do life.
0: So what were your next like steps? Like what ended up happening after that point?
1: Um, I mean, obviously we, she was given two to three years and, and, um, she, we found ourselves nine months later at my wife's funeral. So, it was a short amount of time that uh, was really difficult. And obviously, you know, some people understand this, some people don't. Like, mm-hmm. people rally in funerals really well and they give you a lot of support. And you're, for, for a person, you write out that wave of emotion that gets you through those difficult times. But after the funeral, things just like fall off and people yeah, just go back to their, their
0: normal lives.
1: And then you have to figure out, like, how do I pick up the pieces and and I always say I became the hybrid dad or hybrid parent (laughs) because I'm the dad and then I got to figure out (laughs) the mom mom duties like shopping and cleaning and and um, taking care of the boys and offering love and support for them like it was an adjustment that that was taking place and I struggled I went back to work about eight days later after I um, my wife passed away because my boss said, "I need you. I we we're struggling." So I was like, "I'm going to go back. I'm going to put on this mask, and I'm yeah. just going to work." And for a male, um, it, I could put on my—I uh, call it my uh, mask of—and of, hide the vulnerability of like how I was suffering. And I just went back to work. And and for nine months, I I struggled, and yeah. um, and I, I kept it inside. I I remember when I would come home, my son could see right through me, Alexa, he'd look at me and goes, dad, you just come home angry and all the time. And I, my heart broke and I was like, my, my kids don't deserve this. I don't deserve this, but like, what, what do you do? Like, I was like, felt helpless in this moment. And I felt like I am trying the best I can and it still wasn't enough and I need help. So, um, nine months of just struggling with that. And I finally got to a spot where I said, I I'm just exhausted. I'm crying. I can't get out of bed. Like I just, I've just had enough, enough as far as like, I need help. And so what I, what I did is I remember leaving work and I remember sending a text to 14 of my friends. And I said, can you 14 of my family and friends meet my house? I just got to tell you what's going on. And in that moment, I called my own intervention and I opened up about what was going on. And it was interesting because people are waiting to help, but But they they don't don't know know how exactly until you give, give them permission to come into that circle. Because you get into a support vacuum when people pass away, people want to help, but they don't know what to say and they, they, they do nothing. So they just wait back and they just do nothing. So, um, from that point, I, I remember taking the summer off because that was the right thing to do. My yeah. boys were, me and my boys were operating off a of sad and, and just lonely memories And I knew as a dad, I needed to create some memories for my boys. So for that summer, we created a bucket list of stuff we wanted to do to to bring happiness back into our life. And we invited people in our life to take part in this. And it brought us a lot of joy and happiness. And one thing on there that has changed our (laughs) life, and that's where I'm coming back to the sunshine boxes, is we made a lemonade stand. And we wanted to raise a hundred bucks and create a sunshine bucket of yellow stuff and fun stuff, because someone yeah. did that to us when my wife was going through cancer treatment. And by, and by the time the, the, the lemonade stand was done, we had $1,500. And- wow. And that's
0: from a lemonade
1: stand? <laughs> yeah. Neighborhood lemonade stand. So the next step was just to reach out to people in our neighborhood and say, can you make 25 of these baskets? So they made 25 of these baskets. And what me and my boys started to do is put it out on Facebook. Has anybody lost someone? Is anybody going through cancer? Is anybody struggling? And then me and my boys would go and deliver these and have these amazing, powerful experiences of giving back and forgetting about the pain we were suffering yeah and and we could we could cry with them we could give them words of encouragement we could say yeah it sucks it sucks really bad yeah and 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 we could give them some peace for the moment and and encourage them along the path and and what was amazing i saw my boys encouraging the kids i was Aww. encouraging the parents And it just became a way of life and a way of healing to the point where someone noticed what we're doing on Facebook and reached out from Virginia and they said, Hey, I want a sunshine basket. So what we did is we designed a box and we filled it full of yellow stuff. And we began shipping them out across the country because of that person. And to, today we are actually in forty-six states, <laughs> wow, <laughs> where we've delivered a basket and um, we've been able to share that joy and happiness that comes from getting a box and going through a hard time and knowing that people really care about you. So that's kind of the where we came from. We've turned lemons lemons mm-hmm. into lemonade. Into lemonade. <laughs> And we've been able to give back and, and help people in this journey that so desperately needs help and people yeah. need, need support.
0: And I love that it's not just cancer. It's not just death. It's a little bit of everything. It's mm-hmm. just when someone needs that sunshine yeah. in their life. And I think that's so important.
1: And, and when I was teaching people in, in therapy, or often I would say, the opposite of grieving, the opposite of depression, the opposite of um, addiction is connection. So finding ways to connect is really the power that heals people because you feel so isolated and all alone and pe- you feel like nobody gets you yeah. until, until you can either invite people in or you can create um, a healing team. That's, that's basically what I created, a healing team. For me and my boys to be happy and healthy again.
0: And I think that's that's incredible that you were able to do that. And you don't hear about that often, like almost having your own intervention.
1: Yeah. Like you were. And and I think what's ironic about this is I'm a I'm a therapist. I've been doing therapy for 15 years. And I've Mm -hmm. coached people in addiction and depression and anxiety and grieving. But I couldn't help myself. I had the tools, but I couldn't look in the mirror and tell me how to get through this grief. The, the turning point is inviting people. Yeah. And I could tell people what to do to help me help myself. I, I example, Alexa, is in that meeting is um, why I, I not or I, I had someone become a captain of my team. And we came up with a code word and the code one word that all I had to do was text my my team captain when I was struggling, when I was just done and um, just frustrated. And what my captain could do is could send out a text to everybody on my team and they could rally and they could take over when I was really weak. And, And in that and in that moment, it was like, My parents are in charge of my laundry. (laughs) Someone is in charge of taking my kids. Someone's in charge of bringing me food. Someone is at my house mowing my lawn. Someone is at my house cleaning and helping. So it takes the initial stress off. I can breathe. I can reset. And I can get back to what I was doing. And with with the connection and the team behind me, I felt like I can do this it can get really bad, but I have a team that knows and cares about me. And all it takes is one word to put everybody into place that takes the stress off. And it was, it was amazing. It was life changing.
0: Yeah. We should like teach people, teach, you have to teach people to do this. I mean, it's so important.
1: (laughs) Well, it's interesting. You said that because I've, I've been so impressed by how it's worked and people have been asked me and my, um, we've been uh, writing a book a, a, a booklet yeah. to be able to have available so that people can do this so
0: that's incredible well thank you for sharing your story and being doing this I think your sunshine boxes in the booklet I think are going to really help people question so if someone like let's say just loses somebody
1: uh-huh
0: what advice do you have maybe for them that to kind of help set this before before it goes so long
1: because yours like took
0: the nine months like to get a team together or just to get that help
1: yeah i think that the the important part is is just making connections because it's a lonely time
0: yeah
1: and um you almost have to um invite people into that circle hey i need help so and that's a hard thing to do especially for for me as a male, um, if we can invite a couple people in to let them know what's going on and say, hey, I need some help, then you're almost like linking arms with those people that can walk this journey through you. So the sooner you can invite people in and make yeah. that connection, the better and people that you trust, people that's going to sit with you, not people that I get a lot of people that says, hey, if there's anything I can do, let me know.
0: And then okay. you do, but then they're not around.
1: <laughs> yeah. And and what people don't understand with someone that has dealing with loss is we're so emotionally just capped. And if we have to think about something you can do for me, it puts us over the edge it, and it's really hard for us to manage. Yeah. I know it sounds so, so simple, but just that one not thing. Not always. Is like, yeah. So I say, reach out to people. Let them know what's going in and and link arms so that they can begin to help you and they can start reaching out to people and giving them specific assignments to help take the pressure off.
0: I love that. Where can we find your sunshine boxes and your booklet?
1: Yeah. So the booklet is we're just finishing it uh, probably in the next week, but probably by the time the, the podcast gets out, it'll be available on givingsunshine.com is where you can order the boxes. And then you can follow us on giving sunshine, or uh, sunshine, giving sunshine daily on Facebook and Instagram. And it's it's a great community. If you're looking for people that are just posting uplifting, positive energy, that's what we just try to do. Um, Anybody that's, gonna come and just bet it's probably not the place we're here to support if you're struggling yeah we have a great we have a great community that people can help and support each other and just rally and and get you through
0: oh well that's incredible and thank you thank you for coming on and sharing your story before I let you go we're gonna just play a quick game yeah um and then I'll let you go sweet so all right first question drink of choice it could be anything.
1: My drink of choice is uh, uh, cherry Coke.
0: <laughs> I like it. I like it. Sure.
1: That, that could be just my nectar. So <laughs>
0: <laughs> I like it. Um, favorite movie or TV show or both?
1: Um, gosh, that's hard. <laughs> I, I, I'm, a, I'm a guy that likes uh, real life stories. Uh, The movie Pursuit of Happiness is one of my favorites. So
0: I just heard someone else saying that one recently. It's a favorite Mm -hmm. of their movie. So yeah, it's a good movie. Um, Mm -hmm. Advice to give your younger self.
1: Um, I, I think is trust the process and don't be afraid to be vulnerable. Vulnerability invites vulnerability so that people can understand and help you along the journey.
0: Yeah. Um, and five words to describe yourself.
1: Uh, <laughs> wow, that's creative. <laughs> <laughs> uh, caring. Um, um, innovative. <laughs> Passionate. And crazy. There's a crazy side in me. Just
0: I think we all um, have it. Yeah. Um, and the last one is what does success mean to you?
1: Success means, um, wow. You stumped the therapist here. (laughs) (laughs) Success. I think success is, is going through a tough time and learning and growing from it and then implementing what you learned.
0: I couldn't agree more. I like that one. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much for coming on. And you can you'll be able to get his website and everything in the description below. And this was another episode of Hey Alexa, and I'll talk to you guys next time. Bye.